Hey everybody, welcome to this uh, next new episode of uh, Space Suplex Podcast. This is episode 33. I am Matt and joined by my co-host Mike. How's it going, Mike? I am doing great. Are you ready to talk some wrestling? I sure am. It's been quality of recent. Quality? Quality? Quality. All right. Well, what we're going to talk about is uh, we're going to talk about NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, which happened on this is last Saturday. And then also the previous, uh, the very next day, uh, Sunday, we'll talk about the Royal Rumble 2018. So what's your overall uh, thoughts about the group of shows since you watched both? Both were entertaining and both were pretty good. That's usually how it goes. I mean, well, not usually. For NXT it does, but, you know, I actually was expecting uh, Royal Rumble to kind of suck ass. Uh, (laughs) But... I mean, or actually, more, more like really suck ass, but um, <laughs> suck ass. But it actually turned out a lot better than I expected. Okay, maybe not a lot. Better, just just regular better, regular type. But <laughs> <laughs> regular type. But uh, it was good. It was surprisingly uh, better than I expected. So still, still wasn't that great of a show, but. It was good. Well, that's wonderful. And that's beautiful and all those things. But before we get into it, the last time we all checked in with y'all, y'all, was um, we had a bunch of news come up that I think is important enough to uh, bring up, which we usually don't bother with on this show. Uh, So I guess we'll get into it here. And that is, I'm trying to, like, I don't have as much, I'm not as organized about this on this show, so, <laughs> you know, if you forgive me. <laughs> no, I can't forgive you. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I just, okay, I'm going to move on from that, because I don't know what the hell's going on. Anyways, uh, p- page who was recently, obviously, as you know, with the uh, abolition group. On he just said Raw. abolition. <laughs> I know, right? Absolution. Absolution. Who gives a shit what it's called anyway? <laughs> Shitty name. <laughs> Anyways, so in other words, uh, former co-host uh, of this uh, wonderful podcast, Anthony, uh, his his favorite wrestler is not cleared to ring. That's too bad. Uh, <laughs> So, um, apparently, uh, on a house show, uh, Sasha Banks, uh, some, a strike that was, um, she, uh, delivered, uh, Paige was unable to continue, uh, for whatever reason, uh, her neck, I guess. So she, she, well, no, she had neck surgery in October, 2016, and that was, all that time off was, was why, and. So she recently returned and then had the stable of new women around her. And this uh, just led to uh, another problem. You know, it sounds like it's um, it's possibly an issue, like in the same way that uh, Dana Bryan had, has had, where the WWE uh, won't let them wrestle, even if they could. I don't know. It's the way it's coming off to me slightly since then, since this came out but uh outside of that that's the issue with her so she 
possibly, I guess, could be their still corner person. At least that's what they've been doing in the last like week or two since this has uh, been an issue for her. So uh, it'd be nice to still have some presence with her, but uh, so far this is not the case uh, as far as getting in the ring yet. So you a fan of Paige in any way? No, no, I'm not. Nope, not nope. a loss. Not for me, but then again, I've never seen a lot of her, so maybe that's why, but something tells me I don't think it would change anyway. But it's still unfortunate that, you know, that she spent all that time off, and then now the same thing is happening right away again because of a, you know, unfortunate accident. So, you know, I'm not like saying, yay, she got hurt, you know, I don't wish her bad, it's just... You know, I've never gotten into her, but I also have never seen a lot. So, for me, as far as wrestling is concerned, I don't, I'm not losing anything, but, you know, it sucks that, you know, when that happens. So That's true. Uh, other uh, news uh, is, of course, uh, Impact Wrestling had recently launched a Twitch channel, and it's showing... A live stream of their stuff, basically like the live main page stuff on the WWE Network, where you can't, you know, say, "Hey, I want to watch this now," whereas WWE Network has that ability. So, but so they and they uh they have ran just pretty much anything in their library that they'll show. They'll show past shows in full. They'll show past uh, specials, like you know, like like best of DVDs or something that they used to put out. Because uh, I know I saw a best of type of DVD. It looked like they were showing a best of AJ Styles at one point, because it would constantly would cut back to to hit, talking to him, and then they would show a match, kind of like some of the older, some of the WF, uh, WWE uh, uh, own home videos would do, or like the Ultimate Ric Flair collection from back like in early 2000s, where they would have an interview segment, and then they would cut to a full match. So it looked like it was those types of things. <clears throat> but they also um, had a a match with... Um, I'm getting two mixed up now in my head, but uh, a Barbed Wire Massacre 3 is what they called it. So it literally was a bar- barbed wire roped match, basically. And it had... Uh, uh, the newer, newest version of um, Latin American Exchange, also fronted, uh, you know, like like uh, managed managed by Conan, and they were taking on they were it was for the tag titles, uh, and OVE is the acronym. Um, something it, O does stand for Ohio, which is kind of funny, um, but I can't remember exactly what everything what it all stands for, but. These two teams went at it in this match, and I thought it was humorous uh, that the fact that they have a barbed wire match and that there's blood, not as much as you'd think in this type of match, but it was real barbed wire, you know, like the, unlike the rubber tip shit that WCW used to use, because it was because uh, you know when it when you take it off your clothes, you can clearly see it sticking and stuff. Um, but they had this uh, one moment where Homicide like did the, like the double middle fingers to somebody and they've blurted it out. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. That's what offends. Okay. I see. 
<laughs> that makes no sense at all. No, it didn't. That was very, very funny to me. Um, so they had that, and you can actually see it in full on their on their paper, on their YouTube channel, I believe. And the other match that I recently saw, this was a an NWA World Heavyweight Championship Number Contenders match. It was an empty arena match, which is hilarious. And it was done in Impact Wrestling Ring. However, it was um, the NDBA, which is now separate from, you know, former TNA and now Impact Wrestling. And two guys, of course, I don't know anything about. And the one guy used to be the champion, um, Tim Storm. And uh, I, uh, on my the Space Suplex podcast uh, Twitter account, I linked to the spot last spot in the match that Tim Storm actually ended up losing, and that guy is in his like 50s, he's like 52 or something, and he took this, just he just fell off the like the turnbuckle onto the floor, and the way he did it, just like he hit, there was like a ladder set up like they have done where it's it stretches from the barricade to the ring apron, so suspended like that. And then there was one on the floor, which he landed on after he landed on the other one. And the way he landed, like, on his neck and shit was, like, brutal. So, at least check that clip out. Fucking crazy. I saw the entire match. It was mostly it wasn't. pretty forgettable. Uh, yeah, it was, like, it's kind of funny how most of the match was Tim Storm doing most of the work. Doing most of the offense. Yep. So, his opponent eventually was like, well, this sounds like this is eventually going to be the other way around, but. And I was right, but yeah, it was okay. It is what it is. I mean, like I said, I don't, I just, I, you know, you gather some things from the storyline they've been playing, but you don't, you haven't seen it, so. And something tells me, even with uh, the build up, if there, what, apparently there was some, I seriously doubt that I would uh, conclude that uh, the right way forward is empty arena match. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so, and also, um, we also have, um, uh, the issues with Enzo Mori recently, who, uh, was recently, uh, suspended and then the very next day fired, uh, by WWE, uh, based on allegations of sexual assault or some shit. Uh, I won't go into the issues cause I'll have it linked in the podcast, uh, uh, blog post, but uh, I honestly, what's funny about Enzo's time in WWE is like everybody was into him, but then seeing everybody got like sick of him like about the same times at the same points I did because uh, it just he just seemed to just not have the talent for the wrestling part, which doesn't matter so much to me for the most part. But uh, his character also seemed to be, like, I don't know, just it came off as a good heel in, in a way. And they were trying to, uh, they put him on 205 Live because they wanted to, like, boost that show. But I felt it ultimately didn't do a whole lot for it, so. Well, for me, uh, I never really liked the guy. I always found him obnoxious and stupid. And his wrestling in the ring, as you mentioned... Not so good, so I didn't have anything to to like him over. And when he became a heel, I'm just like, well, I already didn't like you because you're already an obnoxious, annoying person 
on the mic. <laughs> I didn't find it appealing. So I want. So as far as I'm concerned, the kind of heat he got for me was the go away heat. And so now he's going away. And so I don't really care why. I'm just glad. I'm just glad. <laughs> go away. Be, be gone. You obnoxious looking and sounding little man. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, and the final bit of wrestling news is probably the biggest uh, as far as recent news goes, and that is Vince Man, which we all it was all speculated because he started Alpha Entertainment with his uh, selling stock to do it, and he said it would be a doing its own ventures and shit, you know, separate from WWE. He'll he'll definitely come to regret that, regret that selling that stock to do this stupid shit. Why would he? Why would that be the case? Because he'd have to buy it back in order to get control again. I mean, well, that's true. I guess I don't know how much he sold, but you know, but and I don't know what the percentage was, but I imagine it's still enough. He still has enough to, you know, regain retain control of WWE as majority. I imagine, but I still think he's gonna live to regret that. <laughs> well, regardless of that, he. Uh... People were speculate, speculating that uh, Alpha Entertainment was solely created to be the uh, funders and the operating arm of the XFL if he ever brought it back. And sure enough, that's exactly what was announced. And they're gonna he's planning on bringing it back in two years. And the thing that, like, I don't care one way or the other. If he wants to throw his money in this venture again and fucking do it again, whatever, I don't care. But the... Uh, Issue I had, of course, when someone brought up the whole kneeling in the NFL, and how he's like, "Well, you should do it on your own time," and and like, "Well, if if you're doing a privacy your own home, it's not much of a protest." No, it's not. Protests. No. It's not. If a protest is convenient, then it's not a protest. Right. So. Because then it can be ignored. <laughs> yeah, that's not the point. <laughs> which is why everyone that doesn't like it is making it about the anthem, which is not what it's about. It's to get your attention, which it fucking did. But no, but I, I guarantee there's tons of people out there that'll that if you brought this up, they'd be like, "Oh, the anthem, the flag, nudity," and they probably don't have. And I guarantee they don't have a clue that they're pro, what they're protesting because most talk of the anthem and the flag bullshit doesn't reveal that at all. So that's a fucking issue that pisses me off. But on top of that, uh, there was some comment by McMahon about how when someone brought this up that. We'll have a handbook for that. I'm like, oh, well, that means that we're not going to allow it. That's all it says to me. Yeah. Why else would you, if you were going to be fine with it, then you just say, well, something like, well, they can, uh, the players can have their freedom of speech and they can, they can protest right, however just they want. It. Yeah. But he didn't because they're going to have a handbook that says you can't. <laughs> and even if they don't say it in the handbook, which is probably possible as well, here's the guaranteed thing that why he didn't say it here. He doesn't want to offend anyone because he wants to get all the racists on board. Yeah, well, that's that's my opinion of why this whole thing. He doesn't. He wants as much many people to watch as possible. That's my it's whole. That's that. my whole thought of why he thinks uh, this whole issue with the the anthem and the standing for it is to me the uh, feels like the epitome as to why he he wants to do this. Like he thought, oh, I can. Uh, you can I, get those I, I, can, I can try to, you know, get those people and make money right. off of the racists. 
Like, to me, that's what it feels like. I don't know what else it could be. And to me, like, I'm just like, yeah, have at it, Hoss. Go ahead and try that. Go ahead and try to stop people from fucking uh, protesting during a national anthem when, during your games. What leverage do you fucking even have? <laughs> Especially since they can just go to the NFL. And or at the very least, they could use that as a way to, to, to you know... And even if they can't, they have other options. It's not just the NFL, nothing. Right. There's other, you know, B and C tier leagues that they can go to. The Canadian Football League is one of them. Yeah. So. So, I don't know. I don't know why he thinks he just, yeah, we're going to respect the anthem here. Like, go fuck yourself, dude. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you can can go and court your stupid racist fans. That's fine. It's not going to last long. That's 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 my opinion on that. I don't think it will. And the for me, I don't. I, I I've, for me also the big other big point that I noticed was that the reason he's doing this is because so when he originally started the XFL back in two thousand one, the Bush tax cuts hadn't even been around, right? Mm-hmm. Or at the very least, they weren't there long enough to make a. Something that spending a lot of money worth it, right? But now he's got the benefit of those, and then on top of that, which Trump's is even lower. So I think that's also why he did it because he's gonna, he's because you see a lot of that with the whole buying off Congress shit, where they're already paying him for the fact that they passed it. They're not even waiting for the returns to come in via the tax breaks that they would, you know, the amount mm-hmm. they'd save because they. Because they know it worked, it passed, so they're gonna get it. So they don't, they can afford to just pay off already. And I feel like that's the case here. Is that McMahon? Of course, he's gonna benefit greatly as well, which um, most no one brings up about. Like nobody's brought up about this, and that's the thing. He's doing this because now he's got tons of money to throw away. If he if he throws it all away, it won't matter because it technically he wouldn't have had it anyway. So. So that's that. That's the fucking depressing news of the world, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's a downer note, anyway. But we're going to uplift it now. We're going to Royal Rumble and uh, take over. So, well, Mike, I'll let you uh, take over for takeover. How's that? Uh, Well, very funny. Uh... (laughs) I am. I do do think of myself as a comedian. Your bad one. Anyway, um, uh, so there was a NXT takeover Philadelphia happened this the day so Saturday before the Royal Rumble. Um, so just to go down the card, we had uh, first uh, we had the NXT Tag Team Championship match, the champions in dispute era Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish versus the Authors of Pain, and this was a pretty solid match. I like the story that they were telling and how the uh, the two smaller guys on Disputed Era are essentially chopping down the bigger dudes with the, working the Akam's leg mainly is who it was. And funny enough, before this match, I never really tried to figure out who was who on the Authors of Pain. Right. Because <laughs> they're know. really hard to tell apart. Even though they're not the same person, they're not brothers or twins or anything like some other people. On other shows, mm-hmm. um, it's just funny. Like I was like spending a lot of this match trying to figure out what's the defining factor of who I can tell who, because I want to know. 
<laughs> so that was kind of funny. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty damn good match uh, overall, and uh, they had a they had a pretty cool finish uh, where um, Authors of Pain did the super collider on them. Well, they kind of half did it, which is why I like it. What happened is they, of course, clashed them together, and then uh, Fish got uh, power bombed as you'd expect. But uh, after that happened, uh, uh, he's trying. They were trying to do it to O'Reilly as well with the other guy, and then he uh, somehow got them to. I can't remember exactly how how it happened, but they ended up uh, reversing it in some fashion to where they got the two Eggman and Razor to collide together and then with that just with that kind of like mess happening the uh one of the guys on the spear i just <laughs> rolled him up for one of them for the pin uh so it's a pretty good uh pretty good match to start it off and i feel like uh the authors of man probably will get uh, called up to the main roster sometime in the near future after this. You think that's a good idea? I don't think there's much left for them to do down there. Uh, they did had a good run last year with the titles, and uh, they've been a lot of fun at post-titles as well, uh, you know, especially in war games and, you know, with the other teams last couple months ago. So, um. I think uh, I think it's probably the right time for them to go up, but I don't know if they're going to do it right away. But maybe they'll wait till after WrestleMania. But I still think it's uh, probably the right move. Yep, sounds right. And then we have uh, the singles match that was literally last minute. <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> notice this happening until the thing was about to start. Uh, it was Velveteen Dream versus uh, Cassius Ono. Oh no! Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I really uh, thought this was a pretty good match too. Not not as good as the one versus Black and Dream, but you know what can be. Let's be honest. But uh, but uh, you know for basically a nothing match that was set up the last minute. Um, I liked the I liked the number lots of moments about it. Lots of little details, especially uh, Velveteen Dream just making the best use of his time on a pay-per-view and making it feel like a special event, you know, make putting on spe- specifically, uh, you know, detailing his outfit and wearing what he's in his apparel. He, he chooses to wear, you know, basing it on who he's against in the match and the details surrounding it, which is something I really enjoy about him, you know, when he, when he's doing this stuff, because it makes it feel special, which is cool. So, because he is against Kashizono, and Kashizono, uh, sometimes they like to mention that he's the, uh, what do they call him, the knockout specialist or whatever. Knockout artist. Yeah, knockout, that's it, knockout artist. So, so uh, because they set it up uh, on the pre-show or whatever, and at that time, uh, Velveteen Dream, you know, cut a promo saying that he's, that he's going to knock him out in 30 seconds. And he just said, I promise you I'll do that. He made a big deal about it. So, but before we get to that, um, 
the uh, Velveteen Dream's attire because of it. Be, both both guys actually had a boxing themed attire that they normally don't wear uh, because of the the uh, details of the match and you know surrounding it. So I thought that was cool. Like Dream had a had boxing shorts on with Dream over <laughs> on the <laughs> waist and uh, and he, of course he had the uh, things airbrushed on on the shorts as well, similar to the war games match they had um, with the pants there. And he had, and he, you know, so that was really cool. And then they had a, when they started it off and the actual um, crowd was pretty funny because they, they're like, Whoa, you said 30 seconds earlier. So we're going to hold you to it. So they started counting the 30 seconds up to 30 when it, when the bell rang (laughs) and, uh, I don't know if it was planned to do it this way, whether they were, you know, but I feel like it, they probably were like the two in the ring and probably like, well, let's just, uh, let's just, uh, just, just before, like maybe a few seconds before they hit 30 and the, or the crowd chants, they actually hit, Velvetunium actually, uh, you know, basically looked like he knocked him out and he went around like with his hands up, like he won or like he won a boxing match or something, <laughs> uh, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> Um, of course, that was never going to be the end of it, but but uh, I don't know that that was planned or not. But it it felt like it wasn't like they just did it because the crowd was like unexpectedly chanting the seconds. So I thought that was pretty great. Um, and then the rest of it was a more typical, of course, expected wrestling match, which is a which they did a pretty good job with. And outside of a few botched spots near the end, which was unfortunate. Um, it was definitely a lot better than it had any right to be. Sweet. Sweet. So, Sorry, I got nothing else. <laughs> well, you haven't seen these yet, I assume. Right. Yeah. Right, I haven't. Um, after that, the NXT Women's Championship match, Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler. Um, not probably the weakest match on the on the card. I mean, I gave it two and a half stars on my Twitter, so I didn't think it was that great. I thought it was pretty average, but it's also one of the shortest match. I think it was the shortest match on the card as well, but um, Radio. But, uh, yeah, but uh, it was pretty good for what it was, and uh, uh, I, I, would do, I do think Shayna Baszler, you know, not doesn't have a ton of a, uh, a ton of a a great repertoire in the ring quite yet, but she has improved already, in my opinion. And I do think that she makes for a really good heel. Uh, so, yeah, it was a pretty solid match uh, overall, though. And, uh, and uh, yeah, not too bad. With uh, Ember Moon winning... But that I'm not surprised because you know Shayna Baszler has barely been there on uh, as far as uh, having any matches. She had like one so far before this one, so and it was set up in a weird way. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's good, and I look forward to more from her. But uh, it's definitely too early for Ember Moon to lose it to, especially to someone so so new. But uh, next one was an Extreme Rules match. Adam, Aleister Black and Adam Cole were facing off. 
a lot of people I remember reading after the fact and listening to seem to think that this match was a lot better than I thought it was. I thought this match was, you know, it's basically like, a, you know, just a hardcore match, you know, with weapons. That's basically what it was. Um, it, se- it just seemed, I don't know. I don't know if it was because it was really slow paced, especially early on. And it felt like, you know, like 10, almost 10 plus minutes went by and there was like almost nothing happening. Uh, just seemed like they were really dragging it out because the first three matches went by pretty quickly. And there's, you know, and they had a, this typically they fill two and a half hours on these shows. Uh, so I don't know if that's what was with all the, the bad pacing, but <laughs> that's kind of part of what took me out of this one, even though it wasn't that bad. And the ending, well, the, uh, the latter part of the match was much better than the first and it definitely picked up in pace. And there was a really disgusting spot in this, which i was surprised that anyone took. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm sure you've seen uh, spots where they take two they take two chairs and you know put them down and unfold them. Yeah. And then they put them together and then people might take a bump on the two seats you know in, right. that are put together. Well, right. he and Adam Cole initially put them together like that. Then he reversed it. You reverse them seconds later and put the backs next to each other. Oh, shit. And then a little later, when they used those that's, that set-up chairs spot, it was actually Cole who took this uh, fireman's carry into into uh, just being planted on his back on, on, those, uh, on the seat backs that were sitting up. Oh. It was pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, why would you take that? <laughs> that was crazy. I was like, wow. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, it was. There's also another good spot, I think, around the same similar time frame. Whether it was before or after, I don't remember. But uh, where um, Aleister Black was on the turnbuckle, they already had two tables set up on the outside from earlier. And he had a chair in it near his face, but he was holding onto that got kicked in, super kicked or whatever into his face, and he fell off onto the tables, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But that that was a you know that was downright uh, you know uh, soft and cushy compared to what uh, Adam Cole took <laughs> on those chairs. <laughs> soft and cushy, it's my favorite. And then we have. Um, the NXT Championship match, uh, Andrade Cien Almas and Johnny Gargano going at it for the third time in not that long of a span of time, actually. The first one they'd had was back in, what was it? I want to say it was Brooklyn 3, and that was like September, something like that. Um, Got me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is the third one, and they've... This is the best one of them all, and they're all really good. So, uh, but this one also had the highest stakes, uh, and it also was the best one, and it went the longest. It was like 32 minutes or so, and it's a barn burner. That shit was so good. So, definitely watch this one if you have if you want to watch one. I got I got I gotta interrupt you. 
You uh, didn't mention the interference, right? There was some interference, wasn't there? No. In that last match? Well, by Selena Vega, yes. But nobody else interfered. Why did I hear about it, though? Because you probably heard that Tommaso Ciampa did something during the match. Yeah, I did. That was that? That was, uh, that was not during the match. Oh, it was afterwards? It was afterward. They were going oh, up. Okay. Him and, uh, was it Gargano and his wife, which she's now going to be a woman a woman wrestler on NXT, I guess starting very soon. Um, can't remember her name, but Candice LeRae, I think her name is. Uh, she actually chased out uh, Zelina Vega during the match when she was interfering uh, eventually. So, But uh, she was helping him go back up the ramp after the match. And then when he was looking, they got to the top and he looked back out to the crowd and, you know, as they're cheering for him, you know, and respecting his efforts and all that, and despite losing. Uh, yeah, uh, that's when Champa came out with a crutch and just whacked him in the back with it. <laughs> okay. So I'm surprised he didn't do it during the match because he lost anyway. I feel like it would have been more effective if they, if they had him cost him the title. See, that's what I thought. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought happened. No, that's not what has not what happened though. But uh, he did come back, and he—they definitely are setting up those two to go have their feud now. Finally, so that's cool. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that sounds good. So that was uh, NXT Takeover Philadelphia. Slightly, slightly lower than the 2017 takeovers, in my opinion, but still very consistent quality, as we always expect from them. So. I can't win them all anyway. <sighs> well, they, they they pretty much did anyway. I mean, I'm just saying it's slightly <laughs> lower, which is still amazing. So, right, yeah, <laughs> still a can't miss. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I would say so. If you if you like uh, good matches and good wrestling and not garbage, it's good. Boy, do I. Well, hey. All right. Well, if you like bad wrestling, then we got something for you. It's called the Royal Rumble 2018. <laughs> 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 well, it's funny I say that because outside of like the Royal Rumble matches, that's where the shit happened, unfortunately. So, as we all know, Maddie Matt Matt doesn't like pre-show, so Maddie Matt Matt doesn't want to watch pre-show because if the it's on the pre-show, they don't deem it important enough. So fuck the pre-show. That's how so, I always look at it. I'm like, you know, if it was really you, worthwhile, you, then I'd... Right. Well, I always skip them, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And besides, especially this one, like, come on, really? Like, it's long enough. If this one started, you know, this was a four hours long. Right. Like, I don't need, I don't need a fifth hour to add to that or whatever the fuck they started the pre-show. And I don't care about their banter in the pre-show anyway. And, you know, and besides, like, the one match I would care, cared about, if I didn't care about any of these on this particular show, pre-show wise, it would, of course, have been Bobby Roode uh, defending his U.S. title. But it's against fucking, what was it? Mojirali. Yeah, it's against Mojirali. So, what, like, I'm not expecting him to retain. Come on, fuck, whatever. <laughs> and Mojirali, who gives a shit about him? So, in the end, if it was so important, that title defense, they would have put it on the actual show. So, let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I'm disheartened, though, that I never saw my man Pete Dunne. So, you know. Why'd you expect that? Well, because they... Everyone kept on claiming that, oh, he was pulled from a, uh, it was one of the independent shows he was booked on, uh, pretty close to the last minute, so 
Oh, huh. that's what. That's why. But yeah. So I, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I I love watching him. He's great. So yeah. But usually, usually, if it's a pay per view that he's on defending that title he has, then he's going to do it on NXT takeovers. That's all they. That's the only time they've done it before. So. Oh. That don't mean shit. I know that doesn't mean just because they've anything. done it before like that doesn't mean they have to keep doing it. Like no, that. I know, but but that's been the trend. Is all I'm saying. I know. Okay, so we'll get into the actual show. Of the mat show first match of the show. Bibbidi bibbidi boop. Um, AJ Styles defended his WWE Championship in a handicap match against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And while I'm okay, because they've done this before with co-champion stuff uh, on other belts, uh, Layla and Michelle Lecool were the the original WWF Women's Championship belt uh, co-owners at the same time. They also did that with the when Jericho and Trish Jericho and China were the IC champs together. Even though that's also a singles belt, so at times it doesn't matter. But to me. The, the big belt, the one that's like the world title type of shit. The one where you expect it to be the top of the mountain type thing. I don't think that that's the belt you should be doing it with. I don't have a problem with that concept, but don't do it with that one. Well, you agree? I disagree. I think I think the concept of a singles title being on two people is stupid. So you don't agree with it at all? Yeah, just flat out I hate it. Okay. <laughs> don't ever do that. <laughs> don't do that, Mike says. Okay. That's what all tag right, well, titles are for, you fucks. This is true. Well, <laughs> guess what? They didn't do it, so happy for you. Well, um, I, I really, I really, ex- it was pretty clear they weren't ever going to put it on those two. Right. So I just thought I was retained, in case you were wondering. <laughs> uh, it was okay. That's the best I can say about it. Two stars out of four. That's about there the definition go. of okay. That is the exact definition of okay. <laughs> Where... It's good because you got really good three really good guys in there, but it's overall kind of foregone conclusion of the outcome, and it all it overall is more of a those two against Shane McMahon and AJ Styles feels just tacked on. And also, even though all three of those guys can put on really good matches, none of them put on a good match this time. Right. It was pretty. And this is yeah. also reminds me of the triple threat match they had in 2000 at SummerSlam. They had that love tri- love triangle shit. It was involving Stephanie McMahon, uh, Triple H, and Kurt Angle, and The Rock was a champion who just happened to just be in the match because, well, we had him. And let's be honest. <laughs> let's, let's, and he let's, retained as well, so there you go. Let's be honest here. This is this whole match is really, really centers around uh, Dan O'Brien and Shane McMahon's fucking falling out. Let's just be yeah, honest. Yeah, that's true. That's and true. I hate that really because... Weird. I don't want to, I don't give a fuck about them. They're supposed to be authority figures and, you know, commissioners or whatever the fuck they are. I don't, right. I don't care. I don't care. Especially if I can get Shane McMahon off my goddamn TV. Just, just stop. Just get him <laughs> off. Get, just get him off just, my computer monitor. Just leave. All right. I don't like it. I don't like all the focus on them that they've been doing for so many months now on SmackDown. Just fuck off. Like, stop it. <laughs> stop making this fucking all about you. <laughs> I'm not here oh, we'll to get, see you. I hate to break it to you, but we're not. This isn't the only moment where it feels like the McMahon's are making it about them. Uh, 
Speaking of old stuff from 2000, WrestleMania 2000, every man in every corner. Ooh, slimy. <laughs> Ugh. I know, right? It makes you want to take a bath afterwards. <laughs> another bath, you mean? Yeah, yeah. You got to take another one after you already took one. Yeah. Uh, you take one, watch it, and go, I can take another one. It's really disgusting. It's Ugh. fucking gross. Ugh, it's grody. Um... <laughs> so outside of the rumble i was not happy with most of the matches of the two rumble matches that is um the best one is now next and that was the usos in a two out of three falls match defending their the smackdown tag team championship against chad gable and shadow benjamin and we call them benjables call, thank you well we we do we just copy somebody else um yeah about to say that's not our doing well <laughs> we're not taking credit for that we just use it so anyways um so i was thinking you know because of the usos one of them has a i guess got caught for driving while drunk or some shit drinking or whatever the fuck so i figured okay well they're gonna punish him by taking the towels off him and then he's gonna be suspended or whatever the fuck have you but that did not happen. No, not at all. Not to my no. much to my surprise, because I actually no, did, did pre- based largely on that that happening. I right. is why I predicted Benjamin Gable to win. Well, not only that, but even without that, I thought Gable and Benjamin are just really fucking solid lately, and I'm just like, yeah, just put it on them right now. Just more more right than they now. have been, but yes, I don't feel really like impressing me. But well, I wouldn't say they are really pressing me, but <laughs> they have been I'm fine. More improvement than they usually have been, but right. So, I still didn't think so anyways, this game, I still didn't think this match was that good, though. But it was fine. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was, I thought it was pretty good. Um, but uh, not only did the Usos retain, it was two straight falls. Which I was wondering that was if that was going to happen because usually, as you all know, they well, always go def- to the third fall because right. why else would you have a two out of three falls match? <laughs> So, drama. <laughs> well, but it's, uh, it's, it's, but there is no drama or suspense because if you expect it all the time because it always happens, then right, what? Where's the drama? Well, so, that's the thing. You always expect it. So when this happens, you only, you're only sitting there going surprised. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. So and on top of that, the first fall like took forever to happen too. It did. It was like more, ten minutes before. Yeah, they yeah, did ten, it. yeah, something like that. Thirteen minutes maybe. Could, well, 13 minutes was the whole match, so you can't do that. Oh, well, uh, yeah, I guess not. <laughs> so probably about 9, 10 minutes before they had the first fall, yeah. I, I just, I, I got a kick out of this match, so. That was good, because outside of the two Rumble matches, there wasn't much else to get a kick out of. So. Exactly, there wasn't. I had a kick in the pants. Um, speaking of Rumble matches, here was the first one, the men's match. So guess what's on last? The women's. Yay! Anyways. Well, uh, they, have to, they have to make sure they get their... They're Barry Horowitzing backpats in for how wonderful and magnanimous they are to women. So, oh, we'll get to that. Oh, I know. No, we'll get to that. Yeah. Mm. Um. <laughs> so, uh, namely, stuffing man's the corporate of that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm so great. Didn't I do everything for you? You know, no bitch. Shut up. Anyways. <laughs> 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 All right. So the men's rumble, rumble match. Uh, this was kind of surprising. Uh, but at the same time, your ass called it, so I guess it wasn't that surprising. Well, <laughs> no, I was still surprised. I was marking the fuck out for that. Right. Oh, my God. What we're talking about is the winner, but we'll get there. We'll get there. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
Rusev came out and he faced Finn Balor first, and those are the first two entrances. And Rhino came out then, then third, and motherfucker looked as thick as fucking thick as ever. Oh, I like the. I'm in the middle of listening to post wrestling's you know review of this event. That's and a good podcast. I know, isn't it? It's it much is. better than ours. Just go listen to them instead. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I think they, if I'm not mistaken, one of the two, one of them referred to Rhino as. I'm trying to think of what it was now. It was like something like, like the uh, the square block, the 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 uh, <laughs> sentient square block or something like that. <laughs> it was something like that. It was pretty funny. That's pretty good. Ex- good. Ex- uh, a good description. Yes. <laughs> like he's always was a th- he's always just squat thick motherfucker. Yeah. But man, he was squatter and thicker than ever. Before. <laughs> man, he was the thickest, thickest, thick motherfucker. <laughs> like a uh, goddamn. T H I C C thick, if you will. <laughs> right. Whatever the fuck that means. But anyway, yes. Um, <laughs> I like how we're spending so much time on how Rhino's so damn thick, but you know, it was. Uh. So, anyways, let's move on. Baron Corbin, his time in the match, I liked it. And I just have it's so funny to think that this guy it gets booked in such to make look to look so shitty in many ways. But when he looks strong, I just love it. So I'm just like, uh, dude, I guess I'll just take what I can get. I guess you're the only one on the planet Earth that likes him that much. Right, I guess Jesus so. He's fucking crazy. Yeah, cuz they even took his You've been trying to I sell mean, me even, forever since I got back into wrestling on him and I'm just like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I refuse and your it, advances. <laughs> My advances. <laughs> Are they sexual? I don't know. Anyways, Baron's advances, uh, they don't impress me. <laughs> yeah. anyway, well, I'll stop doing that then. Um, but, uh, of course, it didn't help that they took away his, the best interest team he ever had. Fucking gave him some generic sounding shit. But um, <laughs> besides that, yeah, I like that shit. And then Heath Slater like, never gets in the ring for like 10 minutes or some fuck um, when he comes down. Um, people keep on running him over because, like, Baron Corbin even, like, just looked at him and just, like, bang, and he just hits him on the ground. So, like, <laughs> that shit. And, of course, then eventually Elias comes out, and he's all, like, we're not gonna, that's, that, that, he said something about how the, the, uh, clock's gonna stop until he's done. With <laughs> 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 his singing or some mm-hmm. shit. They really, I, they've done stuff like this before where they integrate stuff like this before. Like, uh, years ago, they did, uh, CM Punk doing a bunch of talking during, uh, people coming in, or between people coming in, and, you know, and they work in stuff like that, like uh, Too Cool and Rikishi dancing years ago mm-hmm. in the middle of the Rumble and shit. But this one seemed like it did a lot of that stuff, but it always feels like it's just like fuck it, just have fun. You know what I'm saying? And I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um. So then we had our first surprise entrant. Who was it, Mike? It was El Idolo. Andrade Cien Almas, the NXT champion, who just defended his title the previous night on that barn burner match of the year candidate, and yep. he's in. He comes in at number seven, and, and so he's fucking there forever. Yeah, he was there for over twenty eight minutes, and that was yep. he did he did a respectable job, but only got one elimination, unfortunately. <laughs> right. <laughs> then we had Bray Wyatt come in, and uh, uh, huh? Who? Anyways, moving on. Um, <laughs> he was only there to meet Matt Hardy when he comes in. Uh, so then we had Big E and Sami Zayn, Sheamus. Sheamus was hilarious. This is kind of funny because 
you expect him to come in and immediately get rid of Heath Slater, but Heath Slater somehow avoided that shit and got dumped and dumped out Sheamus and for his time amount of time being two seconds, which is kind of surprising. But hey, you gotta get somebody. You gotta keep somebody fresh for their uh, for the for the match they'll have right after this. Oh, by so, the yeah. way, Sheamus uh, sets the new record for the lowest uh, amount of time in the Rumble match. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. The lowest is one second, and it was, uh, fuck, what's his name? The guy with the snake on his arm. I don't know. The guy with the snake on his arm. The 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 not not a real one. A uh, sock one. I'm just trying to think of his name now. It escapes me for some reason. Santino Morella. Oh. He had he had a he was literally bloop, 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 done you know was <laughs> half that time um, so I'm surprised they did that to Sheamus because uh, they usually like treat him really good so in these matches anyways next we had Xavier Woods and then we had Apollo Cruz then Shinsuke Nakamura came out Mike's Bay um, that's right <laughs> oh very much. And then we had Cesaro, Kingston, Kofi Kingston, Jinder Mahal, Seth Rollins, Matt Hardy. Then John Cena comes in. Then in our surprise entrant, the Hurricane. I was marking out, motherfucker. That <laughs> <laughs> was definitely dun, a surprise. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> and of course, he only is in there for like less than a minute. But what was funny about that was that he... Did a stupid little pose, and he fucking tried to choke slam. I think it was John Cena, and then John Cena's like, "Get the fuck out of here." Um, kind of, kind of reminds me back of 2002, which is a, another one of my favorite Rumble matches, where he comes in and he tries to double choke slam Austin and and Triple H, and while he's got him and and his his hands are on their throats, they Austin and Triple H just look at each other with this "What the fuck?" look. Is he do-? like "What the fuck is he doing?" look. And then they just, of course, proceed to fucking beat his ass and throw him over. <laughs> and that's when he was fucking, like, on the roster active all the time. So, there you go. Um, <laughs> then we had Aiden English. And then another uh, surprise entrant. Who was it, Mike? Adam Cole, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and that was off of his uh, street fight from the night before. Um Hey, hey, excuse me. Extreme oh, Rules match. I so don't understand the difference. Anyways. <laughs> One's in the streets. The other's extreme. What are you talking about? It's very easy to tell the difference. No, it's not. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, guys. <laughs> so then we had Randy Orton, Tito Sunil, The Miz, Rey Mysterio was the final uh, surprise. And I was actually really surprised by that one. Mm-hmm. Like, even more so than the Hurricane shit, you know? Because he had actually been actively on the independent scene for a while in the last couple of years, and I, it was a great showing by him. He was actually almost in there for almost 10 minutes, which is kind of surprising, which is the same case, we'll say, for some people in the women's match, is that, you know, surprise, you know, people that return for one night and they're in there for a while. Uh, in fact, that match had more of that, more of the cases of those. Then we had Roman Reigns, Goldust, and Dolph Ziggler. I want to say something was... about Reigns. Uh, yes. I liked it when uh, near the end of the match when Reigns and Cena were going at it. Mm-hmm. And they were punching back and forth. And people, you know, normally it goes 
the crowd likes to go boo and yay. Boo for one guy, yay for their other punches. For yes. guy. But in this case, no one likes either one. So it was both boos for both of their punches. <laughs> <laughs> boo. Boo. boo yeah. Boo. It was pretty great. Uh, yep. So let's see here. Time in. So then we had. So the final four, once we got down to a final f- four, was. John Cena, Rusev, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Finn Balor. And um, uh, I don't think that was the final four. It wasn't? No. It was a Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, John Cena, and Roman Reigns. Okay, that's right. I I had a, I had a wrong wrong order time, sorry. <laughs> that was the longest in the match. <laughs> <It's funny. laughs> that doesn't mean you were there in the end. Anyways. <laughs> you dummy. I know, I'm a dumbass. Um, so, of course, everyone hated the fact that John Cena was in there still and whatnot. But they did do this brief thing uh, when there were six still in there. And the other two would be Mysterio and Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. And they did this thing where the older guys were kind of like taking on the newer guys. So yeah. Orton, Mysterio, and Cena against Balor, Reigns, and Nakamura for a little bit, for a brief moment. Mm-hmm. But then we got down to the last two, which was Reigns and Nakamura. And, of course, people were like, yes, Nakamura, no the Reigns, but people were all experiencing. But they did a long... They had a lengthy exchange at the end by themselves when they were the only two left. And so, you know, it gets you thinking, oh, God, they're going to give it to Reigns again. <laughs> again. And I was thinking then, the whole I was thinking the whole time. I was like, man, this motherfucker already won like what, two rumbles? Yeah, I think so. So I was like, this fucker don't need a third. <laughs> and no one likes him anyway. <laughs> so get and get he did. Right? That's fucking right. So you you predicted out of nowhere, you predicted the uh, correct winner of the men's Royal rumble somehow. Yeah, somehow. It was also my prediction. Basically, since the you know these are kind of hard to, they kind of a little hard. They're kind of hard to uh, predict because there's so many people in it. So I kind of mostly just went with who the fuck I wanted to win more than anything. Well, apparently they're on board with you, and as far as this goes, yeah. Well, they better. Oh, they know it's good right. for them. That's right. So. Um... Most eliminations went to Finn Balor and Roman Reigns. They both had four apiece. And so the longest time was Finn Balor at 57 minutes. Nakamura was also in there uh, second most with 44 minutes. And there you go. Yeah, that's that. So now we'll go now. Next match was the the bar and taking on Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. So the story of this match, uh, from like mid-match on, was that Jason Jordan took a bump on the outside into the ring post or some shit, and so the whole time he was just basically sulking about how he's hurt, <laughs> and so he did, he he eventually sat on the steps like a crying little baby, and that's sad and a total mess, and and then and so Seth Rollins couldn't get him to tag in basically, and then so then the inevitable happened obviously where the bar then. Became, I believe, four-time tag team champions, defeating and reigning again. Yes. Yeah, they isolated uh, Rollins easily because Jordan didn't want to 
didn't want to do anything but sulk around. Right. And this, to me, was the worst match of the night, by far. Easily the worst. Like, it was just, it was plotting and really fucking, there's nothing really going on. It was overall a big bore fest, and I don't know, I would rather get contract herpes than watch this again. (laughs) (laughs) Strong words, yes, but strong, but words that need to be said nonetheless. (laughs) I thought it was merely average, uh, but... Yeah, I don't. I'm not really big into the kind of thing, even if it's for storytelling reasons. That one of the guys just doesn't really do anything at all, which he didn't. So like, see, I don't agree with that. I think that that's fine, but the way that, but because even before they started doing that, I was bored with the match already. So mm-hmm. that was just a that. So it didn't really, didn't really like. That really didn't factor into me, uh, not liking the match. I already didn't like it at that before that point. So, yeah. So, anyways, we'll move on from Herpes match to uh, <laughs> to the Universal Championship match, Triple Threat. It was Brock Lesnar defending against Braun Strowman and Kane. And here was my prediction. My prediction was Lesnar will probably uh, win and retain, but he'll pin Kane. So that he so that they can set up Lesnar one on one with Strowman, and sure enough, what happened, Mike? That exactly that, exactly that. It was so predictable and, and so by the numbers of a match that I actually was kind of deflated by what happened. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it was okay, but it just like think about what was it the SummerSlam match with most of them? I don't remember who exactly was involved in that one, but I know you know. Strowman and uh, Lesnar were in that match, of course. Right. I think somebody else, at least one or person. I believe it, I, I want to say it was Reigns and also Samoa Joe. Yeah, actually, I think you're right. But either way, like that the that was basically this match. This uh, this match was basically that match, except a lot less fun and much, much, much shorter. <laughs> yeah, it only went about eleven, ten, eleven minutes, and. Well, it still had the fun destruction that you expect from those types of matches. It is kind of feeling like, oh, this is what we get all the time, and now it's feeling like the same, same shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, I, I guess they've done so much with Strowman as far as, like, destroying shit that it almost feels like that they, they've worn out what they can do. Which is unfortunate, because if they do make him the champion at WrestleMania defeating Brock Lesnar, it's like, what can you really do? Because you're going to see more of him then. Because, you know, Lesnar wasn't, wasn't there that much because that's his, his contracted dates, you know, are very limited. Mm-hmm. Whereas Strowman is there all the time. So I think he's going to wear out pretty be- pretty uh, quickly. And that's the thing. That's the only thing that really takes away from, like, that only... That's the one thing that makes me kind of worried of putting the title on Strowman is that you'll see him a lot more and it'll just be too much, I think. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I expect him to win regardless of what I think. So. Mm-hmm. And now we want to go to the final match of the night, the women's Royal Rumble match. And this had a lot more special surprises and I thought overall it was more fun to watch, to be quite honest. So, I still so that, I still liked uh, the men's slightly more, slightly. Yeah. 
it, it had it, it's definitely a give or take as it comes to which one of those is the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so number one was Sasha Banks, and number two was Becky Lynch. Then we had Sarah Logan, Mandy Rose, and yeah, I, a lot of these uh, those team of three on each show. You know, I don't know the difference between them. Uh, you could have said Sarah Rose and Mandy Logan I would have been like that's the names anyways so then we had number 5 be our first special uh, uh, surprise which was Lita so Mm -hmm. that was nice Yeah, see her again then we had uh, another surprise entrant see that's what I mean it's coming more often (laughs) who was it Mike? It was the Pirate Princess herself from NXT, Kyrie Sane. Yes, and that was, uh, she was in there about five minutes. And of course, when she got in there, she went in, she went specifically for one person. And I want to say it was Lita, but I'm not sure exactly. But regardless, uh, uh, she her whole point of the opening moments of her being in there was to do the uh, elbow drop that Randy Savage would be proud of. That's uh, right, and... He is very proud. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Proud of that. <laughs> um, then we had uh, Tamina at number seven. Uh, Dana Brooke at number eight. And to lead up to our next surprise, Tori Wilson, of all people, at number nine. Mm-hmm. So she's a surprise there. Um, a lot of these, um, see, it felt like to me a lot of the, I mean, yes, you're going to remember them more just because they are, weren't there and their surprise returns. I feel like a lot of the uh, returning people got more time than just more better showings. A lot of the actual roster that's all there all the time. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, which is not really something they should be doing. Which is part of but, my problem with the ending, as we'll get to eventually. Okay. And then we had Sonny Deville, and then we had Liv Morgan, and it's another one of those. They're on those team of three, so you could have said Liv DeVille and Sonia Morgan. I'd said, yes, that's the names. <laughs> so, I'm, I hope I'm, I just hope, because I'm confused a lot of times what their names are, and I mix their names up. I hope this is mixing all the names up for you, too. Um, no, <laughs> you're, you're not succeeding, but I understand. Damn it. They're kind of interchangeable. Anyways, yes. Um, the only reason I know who Liv Morgan is is because she she tells me on her tights, on her wrestling gear, so that helps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just look at so her. Then you we can ha- tell who she is. Yeah, I know, right? Um, so then we had number 12. So then we had a, a slew of uh, special guests, uh, special surprise entrances. Next one up was Molly Holly. Which is awesome. Miss Madness 99, yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, it was a WCW character she played. That works. Um, <laughs> but I always liked her, and I was also when she became, she went to the WWE initially. It was wonderful then, so it's great now. Um, then we had Lanya. Lana. Lanya. <sighs> Lana. And then we had uh, number fourteen surprise entrant Michelle McCool, who got who got f- the most eliminations of the match at five. Don't know why. No reason for that. <laughs> <laughs> but she did. She actually tossed out 
uh, regardless of when she tossed out Sonny Deville, Liv Morgan, Molly Holly, Lanya, Lana, Lanya, <laughs> Lana, Mon Lanya. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, politics on the brain. What can I say? Um, she had one more. I'm she sure helped. She helped get rid of Vicky Guerrero. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, which we're gonna get to. Um. So then we had Ruby Riot come in at number fifteen, and then, excuse me, excuse me, number sixteen reserved for for Vicky Guerrero. <laughs> excuse That's... me, I said excuse me. Excuse me. You're not you're not irritating enough. I'm not. Excuse me. I don't think you can. I don't think you can get through. <laughs> And duplicate just how unbelievably screechy and just banshee-like her voice is. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's it's so funny. I loved it. I love this is like the moment of the match for me, and it had nothing to do with wrestling. Like she, she can be out. the nicest person, but you'll still hate her because of how she sounds. Right. Her right. voice is just all you need, and then you just insta hate. It's insta hate. <laughs> yeah, insta hate. Just, just add, add just... voice. Just head <laughs> No need for water. Uh, so, yeah, this is great. The, her whole point was to come out and say that a bunch of times. Get in the ring. Do as it loudly again. and obnoxiously with that god-awful voice of hers <laughs> as she could. Yes. God damn. And then they all look at her, the ones that were in the ring, and just decided, we're going to dump your ass out so you can shut the fuck up. And that's what happened. And she was only in there for about a minute. But it was the best minute of the show, I thought. <laughs> it was the best minute of the show. The best non-wrestling right. minute. If you're going to include her and she can't really take bumps, that's fine by me. That's how you do it. Take it to run that shit. So then we had Carmella at number 17, Natalia at number 18, and the useless uh, Kelly Kelly who returned here. Well, you got to stop for a second because I want to oh, ru- go back to Carmella's entrance because... Yes, please. You know, I love the fact that Carmilla is like, oh, she still has the money in the bank opportunity for the title shot yes. that she hasn't cashed in yet that she's had since the middle of last year. And yet, she's not being built up. No one gives a fuck about her. She's horrible in the ring. She's not a good character at all. She's completely forgettable in every way possible. She couldn't possibly be lower, in my opinion. And yet, she has that still looming for some reason. And I'm just, and I, so I love the fact that to just add more to the greatness of Vicky Guerrero on the show. <laughs> on her way out, she took that briefcase and knocked her in the face with it, or whatever. Oh, that's she right, did. she did, or something like that. And I thought that was yeah. great. So, just so on top of the fact of all the things I said about Carmela, then she just basically gets buried by Vicky Guerrero further, which is fucking great. So. <laughs> <laughs> I did just realize the scenario and that the winner of the Rumble here, which of course was not Carmella, um, that Carmella could cash in on the person that that winner did not pick. Mm -hmm. That's a possibility. Or a number of other possibilities, like just don't bother. I don't know. That'd be a great possibility too. Well, the the way they don't bother is doing to her what they did to Baron Corbin. Where he's where, yeah, where, I guess where, we can't use can't do two of those, can we? Yeah, we can. 
Oh, we yeah, can. we the fucking can. can. Oh, yeah, we're gonna. We better fucking do that. <laughs> if she succeeds, especially like if it's after Oscar wins, probably at WrestleMania, I'm gonna fucking throw a fucking fit, son. <laughs> well, that is the point to make you hate people. So, you know, part of <laughs> oh, it. that's not that's not good though. That won't make me tune in. That'll make me stop watching. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right, so we had number twenty was Naomi, and then number twenty one was the return of Jacqueline. Um, then we had Nia Jax, and then we had who? Mike. Number twenty three was Ember Moon. Your NXT Women's Champion. That's right. Taped up arm and everything. Still selling. Yep. Unlike some people who can't even sell minutes later. She sells days later. Uh, <laughs> but I like the, uh, her getting in there and almost immediately she was, uh, she and Asuka, because they had some great battles multiple times while Asuka was still in NXT last year. Right. And they're just, they just like immediately spot them up and they're just going at it. And to the point where even uh, Ember Moon got the eclipse on Asuka before she was eliminated yep. uh, a little later, like moments later by Asuka. So it was great. Right. So then we had uh, Beth Phoenix, who was also returning um, at that point. Well, I say returning as if that's a constant thing. It's definitely not with her, but, you know, surprise one. Then we had. Oscar, and nobody ready for Oscar. That's right. That's when they had the uh, Ember Moon showdown. Right. Yep. So, uh, so it wasn't when Ember Moon came in. It was when Oscar came in. Yeah, yeah right. That's Mike. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So then we had Mickey James, which Mike said at the time was kind of funny because while she's an active member of the roster, not a surprise one. It kind of felt like that because she hadn't been. Seen on TV in a while here. Yeah, so, yeah. It's so been it's been a number of months. Yes. So at this point in the match, and this was this was before, like halfway through the match after Vicky came out specifically, I was uh, I was joking around with my brother here, Mike, and I was saying, "Oh come on, Trish, where is Trish? Come on, where's Trish?" And the whole time he's already seen all this, so he knows when she's coming out, and if that all, you know, if at all it's happening. So if it happens, she, he knows when. And I've seen her going, come on, Trish. And I'm like, but then I also joke, I'm like, can we also get Judy Bagwell? <laughs> <laughs> so only if, only if there's a forklift involved, Matt. Right. Yep. You did mention that too. <laughs> <laughs> Judy Bagwell on a pool match. I mean, on a forklift. Um, so, so then we had Mickey James, like I said. And we had the next two slots were taken up by Nikki Bella and Brie Bella. Eh. Eh. And they combined to have six total eliminations together. And that's the problem you have because they're at the end of this match. Right? We're not there yet. I know. But yes. <laughs> And then we had Bailey come out at 29. I don't care about her. She can hug off screen. Um, <laughs> so then I'm sitting there and I'm going number 30. So I got my hands, I, I, got, I got my head down going, 
Trish, that's Trish. Please make it Trish, 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 Trish. <laughs> and then I hear what, Mike? You hear her laughing. And then you hear, oh, it's time to rock and roll. And I'm like, yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I have been stratified. <laughs> 100% satisfaction. <laughs> complete. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh. <laughs> So thank you, best women's wrestler ever. Yes. Um, so she was in there. She actually had three eliminations: uh, Mickey James, Natalia, and and also and Nia Jax. So yeah, she helped put out Nia Jax. So so after I was stressed, um <laughs> <laughs> And uh, winded from that. Um, that that's disgusting. <laughs> <You're gross. laughs> okay. <laughs> so then we had the final, let's see, uh, order. The final three, or final four, I guess you could say, but was uh, Sasha Banks, Brie, and Nikki Bella, and Asuka. Take us through it, Mike. Well, I was, I was looking at that. I was thinking... Well, the only one to stop Oscar from winning is Sasha Banks. There ain't no way the Bellas are going to win. That's why I was looking at that. And Sasha Banks went out, and there was only three left. And I knew, I knew my Empress of tomorrow <laughs> was going to be the winner. Because even the Bellas aren't ready for Oscar. Of course they're not. Where the fuck have they been? <laughs> Nowhere. Nowhere. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we have an all Japanese domination of both Royal Rumble matches. The right picks in every way. Yes, and what we didn't mention, because right after Nakamura won, he was asked who he's facing. Like, two seconds after you win, have you already made a decision? And I mean, it's not <laughs> rude. Rude. Uh, give the man a chance to fucking catch his breath at least. But he did reveal he will take on AJ Styles. Which is like the only choice and the best choice, right? Absolutely. Those two had a fantastic match at, at New Japan Wrestle Kingdom, what, 11, 9, 10, something. I don't know. Don't say 9. A few years ago. Nine. Definitely not nine. Maybe it was at ten. Anyway, the point is that uh, this is another one of those, hopefully, at WrestleMania, so that'd be great. Well-deserved. Yes. Maybe WrestleMania will actually be good this year. That's a definite... At the very least, I'll have this match, which should make it, hopefully, uh, something worthwhile. Hopefully. Because last year's was a garbage fucking event. Which is usually how they all are, in my opinion, because they're mostly pomp and circumstance and not so much on the substance. Because oh. mainstream acceptance, we want it. They crave it too much, in my opinion. Uh, I agree, they do. Um, so, uh, so Oscar wins, and they kind of look like they're about to do the same thing, right? Because both the women's champions of Raw and SmackDown got in the ring, Charlotte and uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, it looked like she was in shoes, 
But then Ronda Rousey comes out all of a sudden. And she just does a lot of... She does, she already mastered the best skill of pointing at signs. Um, <laughs> and she just points to the resume sign, which I am so tired of. That resume sign, as time of year, gets fucking more play than any one... Even gets more play, gets more screen time than most wrestlers. Um, <laughs> That's true. It always pisses me off because they like I like the idea of them doing that, but they just do it to the point now. It's just like gagging a spoon and shit. <laughs> so she comes out. She didn't say a damn word. She interrupts. So so basically, it was twofold problem. She comes out, doesn't doesn't say anything about why she's there, other than pointing at signs, uh, or at a sign at this point. And she just does it several times. She comes out, she points at it. She goes down the ring, she points at it. She gets in the ring, she points at it. She goes back up the ramp, points at it. Okay, bitch, we know you can point at signs. Um, <laughs> she doesn't. So we're confused why the fuck she's doing. Yeah, and the, the, the whole that, thing. The whole thing is very on, confusing. On hold, I ain't done yet. Fuck, I ain't done. And on top of that, Oscar does never reveals who she's facing. Nope. So. I mean, knowing Asuka, she'll just be like, you both ain't ready for Asuka, so I'll just take both your titles. <laughs> and that would be great, too. we just do that. So, uh, your thoughts on that stupid fucking ending of this show? Well, it was just very... It was just mainly... It was confusing. It wasn't... There was no... Uh, no there was no... Uh, um, no direction as to what they were... What, what, what she... Why she was there. What any of the handshakes... Well... One attempted handshake and the other a successful one that was very slow with Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> Which, by the way, I never got to. I actually, that I'm glad you said her name because I forgot to. Um, let's just not forget that Stephanie McMahon invented women, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> she invented women. Um, she's quoted as saying, again, all these women are making history tonight. And that's quoted, that's a Stephanie McMahon, the Amazon Echo of broadcasters. <laughs> and uh, Stephanie Man is the living, living embodiment of the digital graphics from WWE Program. <laughs> so uh, basically what I'm trying to get at is that Stephanie Man, ever since when she came out initially and was the reason for the, she was the one that announced the, the, the women's Royal match. That's great and all, but she didn't need to do it. But that's the thing. Stephanie McMahon has to make everything about her, but then act like she's doing it for everyone else. It's cute and all, but that's not why you're out there. You're out there to fucking... You, she was out there because, you know, she has to be like, I did it. She's all... She's the she's the most obvious uh, making everything about her, but then if you say that to her, she'd be like, no, no, this is about them. It's nothing to do with me. Well, then we don't need you out there to announce the match. We don't need you to be out there to uh, at the announce table during the match. We don't need any of that shit. You don't need to be there. It's not about you. Then it should have never seen you. But that's the thing. She can't stop. She's got to make everything about her. Ain't that right? Yep, pretty much. Um, yeah, the the whole round Rousey thing was just very, just confusing. It just there was nothing. There was no reason. They didn't explain why. What what she's there for? What what they're there was no real obvious tease as to what was going on and why she, what she's, you know. Obviously, the the only thing that, that I could tell about it is that you know she's going to be at WrestleMania, hence all the pointing. And um, all I say is, uh, congratulations! You were a couple years ago too. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah, like, I mean, well, now she's actually most likely, most guaranteed to be 
uh, an actual wrestler now on the roster. And that's, well, that's true. And I and I don't have it a problem. It has been confirmed. Yeah, that she has signed a contract with him. So. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I just don't like the idea that she comes in and just and everything's vague and we don't know who Oscar is going to pick because she didn't pick anyone. It's like, why do you end it like in such a confusing, stupid way? I don't know, but eh, whatever. I'm sure. I assume we'll find out. Maybe there'll be some clarity on uh, on the episode of Raw tonight. Uh, Bottom line is this. They could have held off Rousey for Raw. I don't see any point of her being there. She could have come out silently and pointed at signs on Monday and it wouldn't have mattered. And it definitely wouldn't have. And on top of that, you didn't have to have... I wasn't necessarily expecting Nakamura to say who he's going to face. I think the reason they did that is because they are just like, well, duh, who else would he pick, right? And it's the best match and the only match that should happen between those two. But here's the thing. You didn't even need, like, Asuka to actually determine which who she's going to fight the i i think they should just done a traditional hey the rumble winner is asuka in this final match and see you later that would have been much better of a high note than having all that extra shit so yeah agreed it kind of it, it went from yes asuka's the winner because nobody is ready for asuka and then all that shit happened you're just like eh, what huh what happened yeah, I was waiting for I was waiting for something, some point to be made, and it was never made. And I'm like, okay then. Uh, <laughs> we're just sitting there going, uh, yeah, don't pretty know what's much. Going on. All right, so that'll do it for this wonderful, exciting episode of Space Suplex Podcast. At Space Suplex on Twitter, at Heart Knight on Twitter, at Usagi704 on Twitter and heartnight.archive or I can't remember my own uh, my own uh, podcast uh, but anyways uh, tinyurl.com slash space suplex pod that's the easiest way to do it so, and uh, I guess well that'll do it we'll see you next time